Hey all, today we have a pretty special episode. We have the director and writer of Whisper Naked Shadows coming on, Nora Kay. Season 1 is out and Season 2 coming out in February, so this is a good time to jump in on those. We also have some news with the guys. We're going to be talking a lot about the Fortnite streamer that got banned for life and our opinions on this. Heads up, not great. And we'll be going over some other little tidbits of news. The next episode after this one will be live from Sacramento Gaming Expo. If you're in Northern California and would like to join us, come on over to the Gaming Expo. I think it's like real cheap to get in, like five bucks. And if you get in there and you're there and you meet us, You'll be on the show. We'll have you on. We'll ask some questions. We're going to be talking to people, talking about their favorite systems and favorite retro games. Uh, the whole convention is all retro game themed, so we're really excited about that. We're bringing in an N64, and we're going to be having some Diddy Kong racing tournaments, so I'm really excited about that and some other activities. So please join us if you're in the area. And now I'm here with Nora Kay, and we're going to be talking about her show, Whisper Naked Shadow. How are you doing, Nora? Hi, I'm very well. How are you, friend? Thanks for the invite. Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, so, Na uh, Whisper Naked Shadow, can you go ahead and kind of run down what this is for us, this, this series? Yes. So, it's a mystery sitcom, mystery com, what we call it. It's a short-form series that focuses on five friends that deal with an unexpected mystery that happens in their lives. And we watch them kind of try and untangle it. That's yeah, that's exactly it. it they, I'm just going to kind of put this out there. They wake up with, I want to say powers. Would you call them powers? Yes. So I do. I would call them kind of superpowers. And, but there are some people call it curse. Yeah. I call it superpower. It depends how you look at it. Um, I've always, when I was writing this, because I'm the writer of it as well, uh, what I was inspired by was all these superhero movies, and I love that genre, and I'm a big fan of all superhero uh, things. And I always wondered, most of these um, powers that, that people have are super useful. You know, you can fly, you can read someone's mind, you can be invisible, you can throw things into gold. How come nobody ever has, or almost nobody ever has anything that's really annoying and makes your life difficult? So my uh, characters deal with powers that make their lives very difficult. Yeah, that is that is for sure. That's true. Uh, okay, so before we go too much farther into uh, Whisper Naked Shadow, let's go ahead and talk to talk about you as a director. What made you pursue filmmaking or making a series? Well, I always, since I remember, since I was a child, I always uh, spent a lot of time uh, making up stories in my head you know, writing or storytelling was something that I spent a lot of time on. And as I was growing up, I did less and less of it. And I actually uh, went to study law school first, and I became a lawyer for, for a while, for more than a decade. But I really missed that part of me that was creative, and that was the storyteller. So about five or six years ago, I finally found the courage to quit law and go and take uh, some film classes and go to filmmaking and, um, you know, really pursue the passion for me. That's storytelling. Okay. Yeah. And it shows, it shows the passion in this project. There's, there's a lot of those times where you could tell that took a lot of effort that took a lot of time. And that only comes from somebody who has a passion for this. So it's really Thank nice. you. Uh, okay. What inspired you as a, as a director or a filmmaker? What, what kind of projects out there have really, you were talking about superheroes. Is there any particular superhero that really inspired you? I, mean, I am, I, I, 
I love pretty much everything. So I want to open up by saying that I'm the type of person that goes to see every week everything that's released in the cinema. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years. Oh, wow. So I've seen everything. I will even see uh, go and see bad movies because I just love movies so much that I just want to see everything that's being put out there. So um, I don't really have a particular one uh, superhero that I really love. I just love the genre and I love cinematography as a whole. Uh, from, you know, Martin Scorsese to Adam Sandler. I, I love everything <laughs> across across all the genres. But I've always been uh, very inspired by Martin Scorsese and his filmmaking is amazing. And another director that I really admire is Les Anderson because his magical storytelling is so creative and so original and so full of emotions. So I try to also put that in my storytelling, you know, creativity and emotions. Some of the whimsicalness out of Anderson's films, you can kind of see in this as well. Just the moments like, for example, like the montage moments, they kind of feel almost whimsical. And I can see that out of a Wes Anderson film as well. Oh, good. That's cool. Yeah, I like those moments as well. <laughs> what kind of roadblocks did you face when you were first starting out as a filmmaker? I guess the very first one was um, facing my own fears. You know, you have to um, you have to face a lot of obstacles, um, not getting the right people to work with, not getting funding, uh, not feeling like you, uh, you're you good enough for something. And I was really inspired by one speech that Ava DuVernay actually gave, uh, I think about five or six years ago, when she said that these days with all the technology that people have access to, there's really no reason not to tell stories. If you have a story, you have to go and just start making it. You don't wait for someone to empower you, to give you like a green light and blessing to tell you go and create you just go out there and create and I really felt inspired by this and I started uh, making small projects you know for contests for commercials and then gradually worked myself up to try something bigger okay that's great so I think my own fear was the biggest obstacle I actually had to overcome and that's a very good point is the fact that I mean we're at, we live in such a great time where you just you go out there and make it and see what happens that's that's a great Great way to say it. Let's talk about uh, Whisper Naked Shadow now. Your characters were very interesting the way they played off each other. You could already feel the their dynamics off each other. It carries on through. Like I even think that their abilities are related to who they are as a person. Is that something that you wanted to put in? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. That's great. So... A couple of your characters, I would like to, if, if you don't mind, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I really want mm -hmm. to go out there and check this out. But let's talk about a few of your characters. Uh, Robin, who has this whisper, is the whisper of the title. I, I think right. that would be his superhero name, essentially. Right. Um, <laughs> he can't talk too loud or he has like this like sonic boom. Right. How does that relate to him as a person? So uh, without giving too much away, right. uh, Robin is a person that always kind of struggled to stand up for himself, to find his voice. So now he is dealing with having to control his voice and face his voice and other people all of a sudden hear him, even if he doesn't want to be heard. So that's something that he as a person um, has to face. Let's next talk about Anne or Sophia, and she has the naked abilities. How does that relate to her personality? So Sophia is someone that has been kind of, um, you know, focusing on the outside of herself and um, she likes to flirt a lot and she likes to use her body as a weapon almost in her life. 
and all of a sudden she's facing a situation where her body is always revealed to her powers that she's always naked. No matter what she does, everybody sees her as naked woman. And all of a sudden she has to really start learning how to, you know, value herself more and value her body. I see. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, and of course you're the person to talk to about this. Is it more about her perception of herself or others perception of her that's creating the situation? I think it's a combination of both, but it's more of how careless she has been with her own value. I see. Okay. Wow. And then lastly, and honestly, my favorite character is Vicky and she has this shadow going on with her. Can you explain how that is relating to her? I think this one is the one that I could like really want to explore more into. Oh, good. And I want to ask you first, what makes he, what makes it her, your favorite character? What about her? Is it that you like? I think, you know, she, I, I feel like she's hiding something and she's also, you mm-hmm. know, she has some, some symptoms that you, I think is the best way to say it. You're like, okay, I recognize these symptoms and the shadow. You're like, is that her persona or you, it's the mystery for me is most heavily on her. I really want to see what's going on. I want to learn mm-hmm. more about her. Okay, good. I'm glad that you're interested in her. She's um, a, a character that I also enjoy very much. Um, so she, Vicky is a very introverted person that has, that has a lot of secrets, that has trouble maybe facing the world, uh, sharing herself with others. And she also has a little bit of self-destructive tendencies. Mm-hmm. So when her shadow comes alive, it comes alive uh, to actually try and harm her. And right. she has to realize that her the biggest enemy in her life is herself. Okay. Yeah. This is such a wonderful cast. Now, how well did they stick with the script or did you allow any ad-libbing? So I, I want to talk a little bit about the casting process because that has been a long process for that took almost a year, maybe a year and a half before we, before we found the right people oh, and wow. put the group together. Yeah. And I think the, the group um, of the talented actors that we cast is, is really good. And we are so happy that we've been recognized in various festivals for ensemble, um, you know, uh, awards. And yeah. I think that really shows and translates on the screen as well. And as far as ad-libbing, so we would always do a lot of takes that stick to the script and then we, when we've had enough, I would give uh, the actors some freedom to improvise, especially around some of the jokes. So, for example, Harvey, uh, who is often a source of the comedic relief there, he would bring a lot of improvised things to the to the set. Uh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's definitely the fun one to watch sometimes. Yeah. Again, the montage scenes. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, okay. So, yeah, the, the casting process took you a while. And it really shows that you guys took your time with this. You were talking about awards. Can you go ahead and speak to some of the awards that you've won? Yes. So we, I submitted uh, the series uh, to a bunch of festivals. And to my delight and surprise, uh, we were made official selections in about 10 festivals. And overall, we were nominated for 25 awards. Um, and and we most mostly it was for for Anna for playing Sophia, and then for best sitcom or best drama we were nominated once, and for directing, and we actually won um, two awards for for Anna for a lead actress, one in Seoul in South Korea, and one in New Jersey in the U.S. And then we won two awards uh, of the best uh, web series of the month, one in um, Italy and one in LA. So we are quite happy about all of that. Congratulations. That's excellent. 
And now, actually, we because of all these festivals that we uh, made it into, the show has played in five continents in the cinema, which to me, it's beyond my wildest dreams that our, you know, small show made in Czech Republic, but, you know, Czech spoken in it, which is a language that only gets spoken in one small country in Europe. Mm-hmm. And now a, a show with it has been in the cinema in New Zealand, in Brazil, in the U.S., in uh, Europe and in Asia. It's amazing. That is wonderful. Congratulations. That is that is a true testament to your efforts when you start to see it you know, spread along the world. Thank you. So you have these characters. Did they seem to, did the actors portray the characters you had envisioned when you first started out well, or did you have to change some of the characters to fit the actors? I actually, I actually was, I was trying to choose actors that were quite similar to the characters. And my actors often often joke about that they, they say that they feel like I must have known them or they actually said I must have spied on them before <laughs> to choose them because they felt uh, there were so many similarities between them and the characters. So uh, most of them actually said that they felt like a part of their life is somehow part of their real life is somehow reflected in the characters that they play, be it the good stuff or the bad stuff about the characters. So I think we found people that were feral, that had some of those qualities that the characters have. Must make the filming process a little bit easier when you can count on the person to understand where the, the character is coming from. Yeah, and I, I was most surprised by um, Robin, who is played by uh, Radek Banka, who is a famous singer in the Czech Republic. And his media persona is quite extroverted, you know, someone that is very outgoing and is not shy to talk to all of these people and everything. And when he shared with me that he actually has, in his earlier life, he faced similar challenges like his character, like Robin, I was really surprised, but he really felt like the character uh, reflected what he had gone through when he was younger. I'm glad you brought Robin up because when I, I was doing some research on these characters and for him, he's the only one that has like these very broad or like you said, you know, they're, he's very pop, uh, pop artist style headshots oh. and i was like that doesn't fit his character at all <laughs> like his character is introvert almost and and you know he's the, he's a scientist of the group you know and, and when yeah. you see these characters these these images of him we're like who is this you know it didn't fit very well that's the actual actor so because he is a yeah. known singer he's got all of these and he is his real life persona or his singer persona he, he performs with a group called gypsy Caesar. so they have a very different style yes did you use any other music in the film or in the series? We did not, but we plan on in season two because I okay. love his music. Yes. I'll have to look it up. That's interesting. Yeah. For the, for the location, did you, where did you guys film this, this series? So we, most of it is, most of it we filmed in the Czech Republic and we got a location where someone actually let us use their house. And I, I want to say that I'm so appreciative of that location because we basically moved a family out for uh, at least a week and they let us use their place. We just, you know, reorganized things a little bit. And then some parts were uh, shot here in Brooklyn because we have some American actors that are part of the series as well. Right. So it's mostly in Czech Republic, but some in Brooklyn as well. These streets, what, what town is that? Because those streets were like idyllic streets. They're beautiful. Oh, it's Prague. So Prague, Prague. Oh, Prague okay. in Czech Republic, it's that's it's a beautiful city. Yes. Oh yeah. I that's... highly recommend everyone to visit Prague. It's really nice. It's beautiful. It's exactly like you guys would see on a postcard. It was it was really nice location. Thank you. 
Uh, did you guys have to do any major costume designs? It doesn't seem like you did because most of them are wearing like what I would expect to wear. But did you have a hard time finding the clothes for them to, to work for this? Well, actually, so we didn't have a hard time finding it, but every character has very specific clothing. You know, when you look at it, especially Vicky and all yeah. of the all of the clothing she has has there's a lot of illustrations on it, and we actually have our own illustrator. So all of the clothing in it that you see pictures on are custom-made illustrations by our wonderful illustrator that works with us, that created the poster, and that does all the illustration that you see in the series. There's a lot of transition shots with this, with those illustrations. Yes. They're, they're very unique. It's, they're pretty cool. Thank you. I did notice that one of the shirts was the poster. I think it was Robin wearing it, was the poster for the show. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Ooh. Oh, you're the first person that ever noticed that. There was oh, a really? that with me. Yeah, there's a couple of little Easter eggs like that of tiny little things, either referencing ourselves or referencing something else. And that that's cool that you noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're the writer on this. So that makes us even extra unique. Uh, when you were writing this, were there any kind of challenges you had in like creating these voices for these characters? Well, I think like any writer, one of the main goals is to make sure that each of the characters is unique enough that when you, if you were to switch their names and let them speak, that people recognize something is wrong. I, you want to build a really unique character, really unique voice. So I spent a lot of time uh, preparing that, and I developed a sh like a Bible and a biography, very detailed biography for each of the characters. So when the actors got it, they know where their character went to school, what's their phobias, what's their you know you know guilty pleasures, what's their relationship with their siblings like, when they had their first you know kiss, sex, every they knew everything about the characters, so they can really play off of it. So that took a lot of time to develop all of that. That's something that. Being the writer and director, I don't think others have the advantage of. You were able to create these characters with such in-depth background and then go into casting and make sure they fit. You you could have just had these people play these out and they would should match up to your script pretty closely. It's that's very good work on your end. No, thank you. Well, that's I think it's one of the advantages when you direct something that you wrote that you really understand the vision that's behind it. I've mostly done a work based on my own scripts, but when I do something else, like a couple of weeks ago, I directed based on someone else's script, and my concern was always, am I meeting the, you know, the creator's vision, whoever wrote this, am I translating it into what they would hope for? Because I know that as a writer, I would hope that whatever director gets to uh, direct based on my script will somehow meet my vision, but that's a very hard thing to do, I think. In this series, you do have some visual effects from the booming voice and from the shadow were those hard to master so actually the hardest one to do was the disappearing clothing on Sophie that oh, okay. took that's the, the the shadow one you know our um our uh, VFX artists spend a lot of time in the shadow that's true and I want to recognize him he's you know he spent a lot of time doing it but <laughs> the one that is really difficult and one that we were really uh, happy that people liked and we were recognized for by being nominated for it was when the clothes disappear on someone to make it look seamless, to make it look, you know, like it's really happening in front of your eyes. That's difficult, especially for such an indie show like we are. You know, if you're working on a really huge budget and you have an army of people working on it, then that's a different story. But we have one or two people working on it and that's a real challenge. 
Yeah, looking back at it, I I didn't realize it in the time, and I think that's almost to your benefit that it wasn't so eye popping. And I'm like, how did you guys do that, actually? Because that would have been very hard to do. I almost think it had to be a practical effect with a special effect on top of it. Did you guys use any practical effects in that? A little bit. I mean, some of the, you know, when the shadow was dragging uh, Vicky away, there's a little bit of practical effects there. Uh, with, the, with the clothes disappearing, I mean, there's a lot of work that the actors had to do because for us to be able to make the clothes uh, disappear, the actor has to kind of play... Um, the scene twice, once with clothing, once without clothing, but they have to do it exactly the same way down to a millimeter. You cannot, you have to do the exact same motion like you did before when you had clothes on, otherwise you won't be able to match it together. So there was a lot of work done on that. That's that's so much effort. It came out well, obviously. Thank you. And imagine you're doing all the, and you're naked, you know, I, that's something that I, I want to highlight the work of our actress, Anna Sholarova, who's spent a lot of time naked on the set, and that's not an easy thing to do. No, it can't be. Not only when you're at work, really, you're trying your best to portray this character's personality, and the whole time you're naked. So it's something that we don't yeah. really have to deal with in life. <laughs> and you have 10 people around you pointing, you know, camera, light, sound, and everything. <laughs> Yeah. So at, at when we started, I, I asked her, what would make you feel better? And our, our DP said, do you want the rest of us to get naked also so you don't feel singled out? And I was like, no, no, let's 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 not do that. Um, but she said that she actually feels better if we stay clothed. So we did. Yeah, OK, that is funny because Harvey says that when he walks in as well. Was that originally yeah. part of the script or did you add that in? Uh, we added that in, yeah. Excellent. That's See, that's some good stuff to know behind yeah. the scenes. That's great. Yeah. This was a lot of fun to watch. We have the one season out so far. When do you expect we'd get season two? So we shot season two um, this August. So now it's in post-production and it'll be coming out at the end of February, we hope. It's just being edited now. Oh, that's that's not too far away. No. I was able to watch this on OBBOD.com. Is there any other yes. locations that you would suggest or is that the one? Well, we actually got uh, an offer from Sika TV, so which is an American uh, plot streaming platform, which uh, doesn't um, doesn't charge people to watch movies, but allows them to tip the filmmakers, and we're really excited to join it. So uh, after New Year's, New Year's, both of the seasons will come out on Sika.tv. Okay, we'll have those links in the description, guys, too, so you guys can make Perfect. sure to check this out. Yeah. Is there any other projects you're working on in the future? Or are you going to be focusing on this one? So uh, we plan to do one more season of Whisper Naked Shadow, which uh, will hopefully shoot uh, in the summer of 2020. And in the meantime, I'm working on uh, another series that's called New Gold. We're, uh, we're going into principal photography in two weeks, actually, here in New York. So that's going to be an exciting project as well. It's a little more grim. It's from the future. It's from a world where privacy no longer exists, which I think is very topical now as we are facing a lot of privacy invasions around the world. So um, mid-2020, you'll look out for new gold. New gold. Okay, when that comes out, please tag us. We'll make sure to push that as well. That sounds great. All right, well, thank you so much for for joining us today. I want to make sure that everybody can follow you on Twitter and all the social medias. So what is your uh, Twitter account? Um, so for Twitter, follow Whisper Naked Shadow. And for me, if on Instagram, find me under who is Nora K. Who is Nora K. Okay. Yeah. And you can follow our show on Facebook, just Whisper Naked Shadow everywhere and you'll find us. 
Okay, guys, you heard it here first to get it out there. Well, thank you again so much for joining us, and we hope to hear again from you, Nora, on your next projects. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Next, we're going to be talking about some news. Uh, this one's a bit old, but I want to make sure to discuss it with you guys. There's this big YouTuber. His name's Jarvis Cotri. He's a Fortnite YouTuber. He gets banned for cheating. Uh, he got banned Cheater. lifetime. Hell yeah. Lifetime? Lifetime banned from, banned from Fortnite. So, aimbotting. So, what it was is he had a YouTube, you know, he has his YouTube channel. He had a video where he put out where he was showing aimbotting and he was aimbotting on it and stuff like that. What is aimbotting? What is aimbotting? Game? You're yeah. like one of the gamers. A program that makes hell? it so you can even game. There are even aimbots in Sea of Thieves. So what it is what? is with aimbotting, it's a program you can run that will automatically guarantee a headshot. You just point in that direction, pull the trigger, and it automatically gets the headshot. The yeah, it does all the aiming for you. There's even there's even a cheat for like going through walls and yeah, there's knowing speed where cheats. everybody's That's at. I just play games in real life. Yeah, power, yeah. power overwhelming when he to StarCraft 1. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so he was anybody, he was showing it off. Uh, he's 17 years old and his whole life, is his whole career right now is this, is this thing. Um, he got banned for life. And so my big thing is I want to ask you guys, is that fair that he gets banned for life? Yes. Okay, so how much money is he making off of this? Is he the one that won the tournament? He was on an no. esports team. Okay. He was on uh, He's FaZe. on FaZe uh, Faze Clan. That's yeah. his yeah, esports team. There's all people under him that aren't as good, probably, that tries to grind to get on a team. Mm -hmm. And then he gets in and makes all this money. Okay. And he's, so he's, he's not a part of any kind of competition or official team. This is just his own YouTube channel. Oh. So it's just for him to make on his own time. So is he making money? He's making money because of YouTube. He yeah. was making money. So we're we're looking at this from his perspective as a single person playing the game. And that's unfortunate that he was the one used as an example. But I think it's great that the company's putting the fist down and saying, yeah. this cannot be done. No. If you don't, if you make it okay for everybody to break the rules, yeah. I don't want to play that game. Yeah. Fort, or not Fortnite, uh, PUBG oh. died. And Pokemon Go died because... People are cheating. Yeah. I don't want to play a game that, that cheaters can do better than me because they have they they go online and do research and find ways to cheat in the game yeah. and it ruins it for everybody else. PUBG so, took a big hit. PUBG is a good yeah. example. Of that. Well, so, he's not making money off of Fortnite, right? Just YouTube. It was YouTube. Yeah, but he got so, banned off. Yeah, but he was making, making videos about Fortnite, video. so he could play other well, so games and put it on YouTube. For, like, can't he just he's banned from account? Fortnite. He just on Fortnite, yeah, yeah, but if but yeah. he he streams himself playing it, so they'll just okay that counts, man. Now yeah, that counts, that's man. that's what happened to Tyler One on League of Legends. Every time he would make an account and he try to stream it, mm. all of a sudden, boom, he got into ban. Yeah, right away, mm. it was just so account ban. I totally support that. Like, put more cheaters, more people that are sitting there trying to promote cheating in games should be banned automatically. Yeah, so, it does help because if you make a loud statement at first, and other people are following you, like, now we're not going to do this. Stuff. Yeah. What, what do you think of uh, Ninja? putting out that statement. I don't know if it's okay. So Ninja's statement, here's a good example. Thank you for bringing that up. Ninja, who's like one of the biggest you know, proponents for Fortnite or whatever, he put out a statement that said, there are lines, man. Uh, there's a difference between a content creator who has millions of subscribers, hundreds of thousands of followers, that gets banned from what literally makes him money. And some kid who is getting it, who's just a piece of shit, absolutely has zero followers, has zero money, that comes along from Fortnite, it's different. The stakes are different. So he's saying that if you're going to ban somebody for aimbotting, that's fine. But this guy makes money off of this. It's his life. He has all kinds of subscribers. He shouldn't be banned for it. And no. I think, yeah. fuck you, Ninja. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because Ninja's making all his money. I, like, I'm already kind of getting worn out on that guy as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's exactly that reason he should be banned forever. Yeah. This is his profession. This is his career. If you go to work every day and you're a forklift mechanic and you're going right. to fix a forklift, you're you better do it good. If you half-ass it and somebody gets hurt or it breaks or something like that, that's your job. You got fired because you did a bad job. Yeah. He goes to work and he promotes games and plays games and competes in competitions. He's got to do a good job at it. If you're out there promoting cheating in games, then sorry, people don't like that. You got banned. Boom, you're gone. Like honestly, that's the risk honestly, in that honestly, job. Oh, sorry. Honestly, Taff, I'm with you with uh, Ninja. Yeah. I'm so tired of Ninja. I already didn't really like him. I was okay. He, he only had his fan base because of like the the Fortnite the, kids. The no nah, Asian group, whatever. But <laughs> what what bothers me is like now he he left Twitch, and the reason was because uh, he he was upset because of sexism or like they're promoting like sexist stuff on his account or whatever right, right. no bro you got like over 50 million dollars just to go to mixer you Mixer's, got like a fat contract microsoft is fucking is paying people to yeah. join mixer shroud just went it's like bro yeah. stop making an excuse you went because of the money yes you do make that kind of money within years after a couple of years but it's like bro stop lying you made you went over there just because that fat contract he's, and he's now you're just defending nowadays. a guy that cheated yes he was just showing his fans but why is he showing them he shouldn't even need to he exactly. should be an aimbot himself his skills should if he's on an esports team he should be that good and not have to show yeah, people look shots, you, yeah it's like target, what I mean, a joke ridiculous. you're you are leading by example when you're that big i don't care if you're 17 years old and stuff like that you're at this point you're leading other people when you have that many followers and that many subscribers, yeah. you have to lead by example. Show them the good parts of Fortnite. Don't sit there and aimbot and cheat and stuff like that because that's only encouraging others to try it out. Yeah. And I think, honestly, Epic did a great job here. Yeah. Yeah, the hell good. out of that kid. I mean, at the same time, it's almost like, uh, you know, when you... Fortnite should fucking ban him, too, because at the same time, it's like... Ninja, you said, or... Ninja, yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind of like a Blizzard instance when it's like that... Uh, the tournament, the Hearthstone tournament. Yeah, the Hearthstone tournament. It's like you're talking down on on our company and name. Like you're thinking people should cheat on my game. No, fuck yeah. you. We'll bang you too. You're As you said, you're because of the image part. Not necessarily what the... Not, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Because yeah. like I'm saying, you're, you're putting... You're injuring or hindering the company that you're trying to promote, that you like to play, that you want to be involved in. You're supposed to be promoting them and making them look good and encouraging right. other people to play it. And yet yeah. you're giving them the tools to break their game to where everybody that plays is going to hate playing because everybody on this cheating and then it's going to be abandoned and no one's going to play it anymore. So it doesn't even do you any good because the game that you're promoting is going to fall apart. If you're ruining the game that you're, you're sitting there making your money off. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Now I'm guaranteeing I'm going to go home and gamble this. And that's that's what I was actually going to say is the fact that not only, how many people did he have watching or following? At the time, I don't know, but he has, he's got a million subs. So you know, there was a lot of, Let's say he had a, I don't know what thousand people. I don't know what's big, but thousands of people watching. Um, there, I guarantee you, out of those thousand people that were watching, there's people like Squeaks right now that had no clue yeah. that those cheats yeah. existed. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just a whole nother. You're an influencer branch, yeah. especially with Fortnite that has so many young players. Yeah, they yeah. might be new to that idea. Yeah, and you guys are the ones that are now putting a spotlight on. It. Well, I yeah. mean, it's just one of those things. It's like. And yeah, it would be totally a, different if you pointed out, like, hey, this is what other people are doing, and I don't like it, and this is a bad way to play the game because he, it ruins okay, the game. I just want, before you keep going far, he did make sure to say, like, don't do this, don't do this a lot in his game. Yeah. He was doing the whole, like, but this he's is showing bad, it off. But he's showing it off. But he's yeah. doing it. Yeah. And it's, 
I don't understand it's why. It's one thing if he was talking about it. The fact that he was using it he in a match. Using, yeah, he's yeah. cheating. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's steroids for esports players. Or yeah. That's a good video point. Players. That's, that's a good you, way to put it. You're going to have a UFC fight, so you're going to have speed this guy steroids and then go in a fight and kill yeah. someone? Like, no. And you're using them. You're all buff and you're fucking yeah. pumped up and you're killing people and you're like, oh, yeah, don't use steroids. These are bad. Yeah. But just well, showing how great it is. Yeah. yeah. And even beyond the individual player using steroids is a good point in the fact that Barry Bonds now has tarnished the idea of baseball yeah. because. Now all of a sudden there's like yeah but there is he on steroids this guy's so good now you have to question it mm-hmm. that question is now exists in baseball and it ruins part of it yeah. when in esports you're like yeah he's so good but maybe in his off time he's fucking around or whatever yeah. when you do that you tarnish the industry not just you yeah. Yeah. and so it, they do have to protect it I think the ban was good yeah I'm glad that you guys all agreed I was I was wondering if we were gonna be which way we're gonna go on this but no, yeah Joe might be different because he cheats on fucking uh, <laughs> last, last night what's that what was the game we played. The last one, the night, the night one, night. five days, the one we did where I died. Seven days, seven days. Oh, ago. how am I cheating? Because you're always alive. And always oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Skill is a whole different thing. I, That's I'm not a, cheating. Dead by daylight. Dead by daylight. We yeah. gotta play that. Yeah. Though. I was playing that the other day. Had fun. Had fun. All right. Next. <laughs> next up, Niantic. Uh, the next game is getting rumored, and it's going to be a Settlers of Catan. Now, Niantic's the one to make Pokemon Go. Yeah, All I like right. it. And so the next game, uh, it looks like it'll be Settlers of Catan. Uh, last month, the company behind Catan said that they're working on a mass multiplayer game that will be like Geo-type game. And then the people who are like big Niantic fans found out that uh, behind the... So they threw up a website for the Settlers of Catan. It's called, uh, I think it's World Explorers, something like that. Catan, no, yeah, Catan World Explorers. They threw up a website for it. The people that are big Niantic fans actually went into the code and found out that everything's pinging back to a Niantic server. Mm-hmm. And so then finally... They were like, okay, well, what's the deal with this? You know, Niantic Fest stuff. Like, yeah, we are supporting them more than making this game. Uh, would you guys be interested in a Settlers Catan version of of Pokemon Go? Definitely. Only if <laughs> you suck. Only <laughs> if they can guarantee us that they're taking at least measures that as many measures as they can to prevent hacking and cheating in the game. Because as soon as Pokemon Go got big. People had that geo hack where they could pretend they're wherever they yeah, want. Yeah. Oh, I'm in the middle and, of Manhattan right now. And yeah. It's like, no, bro. I'm in Paris. I got the super rare Paris Pokemon. Like, okay, fuck you. I can't go to Paris. Can't afford a flight. So I'm yeah. not going to have it. And I don't want to cheat gonna, at a game. Like, exactly. I'm not going to pay to go to Paris if yeah. I can catch a Pokemon. It's, so. If there's <laughs> cheats to hack the game, that's okay. But make it so those people have a permanent marker on their account or that they're alienated from the game in a certain So they're playing in thing. their own game. Yeah. So they're separated. Yeah. You can I have, that's a good idea. you can play in creative mode like Minecraft, but exactly. you're forever a creative player. You're not. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a big boy. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that'd be great. I love Settlers of Catan. It's a great game. It is a great game, yeah. I don't know how I, I like how I'll that ex- would look. I'll oh. explain to you. I have that part. Okay. So, uh, landmarks that were like normally like Pokestops or gyms, because there's also the inns and fortresses. There's a Harry Potter version of Pokemon Go as well. Oh, man. Uh, it's not that great. <laughs> so, those will now be locations that you can, you can collect resources, and then you can mm-hmm. build roads. So, so you're been, it's going to be all about building up your your claim. Your settlement. Your settlement. And okay. you go to the stops to collect so the supplies the you needed to do that. Local library or statue and get wood and get, get you know, coal or whatever and right. expand your, your territory. Yeah. So that's that's the idea. Uh, we're going to be getting early betas early 2020. So we'll kind of get an idea of more about it. But the UI looks like it's more simplified. The problem with the Harry Potter one is they added too much to it. Yeah. And they made it like this like complicated mess where you're doing spells and garbage. Mm-hmm. It looks like they're going back to Pokemon where it's a little bit more right. mainstream. You're just walking around. Doing I stuff. like it. I'm excited. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Another version of that that I thought since the beginning would be very 
open to to lawsuits and stuff, but also very fun. It's like a Walking Dead or zombie game with the geo mapping in it. Yeah, that's what I do. Imagine you're walking around your neighborhood and oh, there's zombies on the street. You gotta shoot them. You gotta shoot them. Oh wait, there's too many. I gotta get to a shelter, so I gotta run to the nearest gas station or whatever, protect myself. And then I gotta run to the library to get ammo, and I gotta help build a shelter. Oh, there's other people in my community playing. Now we can gang gang up and go, you know, clear out the high school or something like that. Like it'd be kind of that'd be fun. That's a good idea. Is there a Ghostbusters one? Yeah, How is oh, it? No. That's what cool. the hell? <laughs> catching ghosts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember hearing about that. Who you going to call? There's one I play called Orna that is like super good. Mm-hmm. That uh, I like it because it's not, it, it's just an RPG, but it happens to be Geo. Uh, where, I feel like you talked to me about this. Yeah, I, I've talked about it on the podcast where, yeah, you're like leveling your mage. Yeah, I'm yeah. a mage. Leveling your mage or whatever, and you're just fighting monsters. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Yeah, that's coming up. That was from Greg uh, Kupark of TechCrunch.com. I want to make sure to give him credit because he actually, he's the one that got Niantic to confirm it. So that's good. Uh, he's in. Nice. Uh, next up, Valve announces a new game, Half-Life Alex. Mm-hmm. How many people are pissed off of this? Everybody. everybody. Yeah. Why? Everybody. What's wrong with it? It's a VR game. So, uh, uh, well, it's a VR game. Well, the, the reason everybody hates it <laughs> is because no three, yeah. Half-Life 1 came out. Very good game. Half-Life 2 came out. Changed the industry. Amazing game. Nothing. They it was left on a cliffhanger. Yeah. So everybody's been waiting for Half Life Three, and they come out with Half Life Alex. It's going to be like in between one and two. Like uh, no, like just a make spur three. Game and catch you. And Valve like, spent money on making like this. How game. many years is it after two where they finally what, released a Half Life game? Really? And yeah. it's not years? a three. It's it's literally it's like hey, it's a VR game. The original one I played, I didn't finish it, but I played it on Xbox 360. Yeah. I watched some gameplay of the VR game. I'm gonna give it credit. It looks pretty neat. It I'm does look VR, great. I play it, but I I, didn't, I never really got into that Half Life. But I couldn't so, stand like as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, people are gonna be pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody wants a three. They've been crying about a three. I for was years. pissed for the people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, same, exactly. <laughs> really, because again, like I, was I didn't finish it, so I was like, fans, yeah. Yeah. "Could yeah. this be a, a, game is, yeah. a PR ploy?" If they were smart, <laughs> they released this little game, get people stirred up. In another six months, year, re-release one and two, totally redone, looking slick, clean, ready to you know play those, with yeah. the new systems. Then a year later, you got three. Prime, ready, fucking. It takes bomb so long to, to make a game though yeah. that they would have to be making three right now. Well, yeah, they would have had to make it that, during like, this spurt. Three yeah, should be done. Three should yeah. be. It should have been an out yeah. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> but that's true. They want to really. Well, and, and Valve is smart. They don't need to cash out with. Well, that's the thing. Is they don't need. They, they don't do, need anything. They own Steam. So yeah, yeah. They, don't need they can do anything. Yeah, you have Gabe just sitting in his mansion, just chilling. He's like, "You guys want Half Life 3? Eh. Nah, here's another summer sale. <laughs> no, yeah. If they make Portals three too, I'm just gonna lose my shit and just yeah. be in line. No, but you, that'd be dope. If they re-release a one and two, then you know something's coming. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. if I if I was a running the you know company, I'd yeah. space it out a little bit. You know like what I would look into? I would look into see like the the writers from one and two are they still around? Are they still working? Well, are they still alive? Like. Maybe I wonder if something like that. I've never thought of that. Well, like, what if maybe writer. that's why? Well, we we well, have like still... look at look look at all these new. For instance, Kingdom Hearts, right? Exactly. <laughs> like maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're like, we don't have that same creative team. I don't want to put out a number three that everybody's been asking for, and it's just gonna be dog shit. Like yeah. maybe they're just kind of like, mm, it sucks. You guys will never get this, or maybe it is coming, but like. So I think maybe... it wasn't the writing on Kingdom Hearts three. <laughs> maybe they're just like, I don't want to ruin. The story, yeah, story. The story, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I don't know something along those lines. It, I could see that, and this is just gonna it's gonna feed into number two a little bit. Uh, so it is gonna be between one and two. So maybe there is like safety in that. You know, like we already know the story, so we just gotta play it safe. Yeah. Uh, you are getting gravity gloves, which look really cool. Gravity yeah. things always been gravity guns always been cool about that. 
Um, and it's going to be their very first fully VR game. So it's you can't play it outside of VR. Is it on like PlayStation and Oculus or is it just on Oculus? It's going to be there. So they have the Steam VR. And if you buy the Steam VR headset, this will be free. Hmm. So How much is that? I don't know. Probably a few hundred bucks. I need to get a VR. So I haven't played VR. Everybody's playing that Beat Saber, man. I want to play Beat Saber so bad. You know, I was super impressed with the PlayStation one. Yeah. Yeah, it really had me feel like I was walking. I always started walking like, oh, hold on. I'm going to sit in the bar stool. <laughs> fall off of it. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I'm not interested if it's pretty cheap. But I'm not going to spend like 300 plus. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have a Joker sequel is confirmed to be in the works. Yes. Stoked. Joker, the original Joker movie just passed the one billion mark, with a sixty million dollar budget. That's crazy low for any movie that's yeah. hinting at superheroes, yeah. you know. And, uh, and when you look at the movie, it really it doesn't seem like it was a high budget. There wasn't a ton of CGI. Yeah, just, there wasn't a lot into it. But was it was there, just, I don't know if there was yeah, any. Very, yeah, yeah, there just, was a lot of uh, well, not a lot, but there was with um, buildings. Some oh, of the okay. CGI. Oh, okay. So like, and a lot of the shots that you see, where it's like you know, like for instance, the opening sequence. When he chasing the kids yeah. on that street, and you, you see how like it kind of gives you that Was like really? old school mobster feel, like yeah. you know, looking down the street, I guess, and he's chasing him. Uh-huh. That's all real up to a certain building. Mm-hmm. Then everything half of it, or past like a certain yeah. building, was added in. And well, I guess that's not. I don't know if that's CGI, but is added in. And then like um, when he's like walking down the street, it was a lot of like empty alleyways that he's passing. So they added literally just like. Windows, windows just to make yeah, it look like alive, stuff, yeah. yeah. Look at yeah. look more like a more living like that. city. That's a great way to yeah. use CGI because it really is. Yeah, yeah it blends right in. HBO does that a lot. They did it with Game of Thrones, and I was just watching the a thing about them doing that right for his dark material. They're like using just they'll use like the first layer of a building, and then they add more to the building yeah. to make it look bigger. But yeah, so uh, Todd Phillips is in talks to reprise his role as director, and he'll also be one of the co-writers along with Scott Silver, who also you know they they made the first one. They wrote the first one. Uh, Warner has Walking Venus locked in for. They made sure when they yes. signed him for the first one that you have to come back for a second. Oh, one for he's he's got it. That's gold yeah. for him. I mean, that that was such yeah, a good role. Was, he's had pretty good roles before, but I mean, this made his career. I'm yeah. pretty sure he's yeah. going to be tied down for the it next It was usually like when they first started like releasing stills of the movie, and you saw that first trailer. I yeah. knew this was going to be a fucking amazing. That's it's sad. easily the best movie I've seen this year. I, I would have to agree with you. Easily. Yeah. Like, yeah. no questions asked. It, it, it's Maybe mo- even, like, the past few years. You know what's good is when afterwards you just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, and you yeah. want to tell everybody, but nobody's going to really understand it until they see it. I know. It's like, oh, just go watch it so we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. That's so good. So, uh, Jared Leto, wasn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a big Jared Leto. No, fuck that. I finally <laughs> saw, Su- saw Suicide Squad, and I wasn't as disappointed as everybody yeah, made. It, it, was, it was, it was, <laughs> it looked bad. If, if I was all pumped up like I was for Joker, then yeah, I would have been yeah. fucking pissed off and kicking people out of the theater. But having waited like two years or whatever to finally watch it, I'm like, ah, it's it's okay. I'm sure kids probably liked it. At least somebody would have watched it. But yeah. yeah, compared to this Joker, Jared Leto was just a waste of time. Yeah. I get that. I understand because that was the Joker right after Heath Ledger. So it's yeah. probably like, we can't match that. So we have to yeah. do something totally different. Totally different yeah. So I like how each Joker that we've seen through all history has been a little different. So how do you guys think Joaquin Phoenix Joker relates to Heath Ledger's Joker? I uh, feel like there's... To- I feel like it's just a different genre. I mean, still, it's still the same character being portrayed, but yeah. like, I mean, how would you um, compare like uh, give me another Joker. Who's the other one that I'm thinking of? Uh, Nicholas uh, or Jack uh, Nicholson. Nicholson. Thank you. Yeah. Like, how would you compare compare that to, to like Ledger's? Like, they're kind the of like only, different. So, the only thing I can compare is that you're seeing the beginning stages of the 
uh, mental exactly. illness that he has. Exactly. And then with the Heath Ledger, he's already fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So I love how well that was portrayed. Because to yeah. me, like Jack Nicholson is a totally different actor, a different, totally different character yeah. than than Heath Ledger. But to me, Joaquin Phoenix played a very good version of Heath Ledger's Joker like 10 years prior. Like the, you are seeing him break and eventually yeah. he's going to grow what, to what, become Heath Ledger's what Joker. What I liked about it is... Is you you didn't feel like when when you're watching like all the other I mean I guess you're watching Batman right and then you have the villain in there I love yeah. how it was like you didn't feel like you were watching a superhero movie yeah I didn't feel like I was watching a villain yeah uh movie I felt like I was watching a movie That's a right. guy turned into you know a villain that we I mean you know what I'm trying yeah. to say like we're it just didn't more feel movie like about a, the city a, a or DC movie or something it yeah. felt like a little guy snapping yeah. with his mental disorder just going batshit fucking crazy. Yeah. And, you know, turning into a villain that everybody knows and loves, basically. Yeah, and I like that. I like, I would love the idea of DC sticking more with that perspective. I think everybody would. Because Mar- yeah. Marvel I think is in the yeah. traditional I think that's, comic book yeah. movies. I think that's what's but... great about it is, is like that DC is finally fucking being like, hey, we can't compete. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the camera. We can't compete <laughs> yeah. about... Well, we can't ones, com- yeah. yeah, we can't compete with Marvel, right? Yeah. Or, I don't even think they need to compete with Marvel. Yeah, just go they in just a different need to go do their own thing. They need yeah. to be the darker side of like these superhero movies. Yeah. They have the better well, villains, I feel. Great, they need to just like yeah. just go into it. it. Yeah. We Frank got a great talk of if they kept us up, who would be our next one? And uh, my favorite is uh, Scarecrow. Mine's Mr. Freeze. Perfectly, yeah. yeah both well, are really they, good stories. They could stories, nail though. those two with the tone of this Joker. And that's exactly what Todd Phillips approached him saying, like, I want to make an entire new Origins line that's DC Black comics. And that's one thing I like about this movie is, is I say this so many times, this is one thing I like. Anyways, um, this movie showed a lot of people, much like Watchmen did, uh, that, yeah, superhero movies isn't a fair term anymore. It, it's based off of a comic book. Yes, the source material is a comic book character. But people don't realize that comic books are not, like, just superheroes fighting. Yeah. They are deep stories. And this is a good example of it. Like, yeah. Saga, I keep thinking of Saga every time I yeah. talk that way. So good. But, uh, yeah, and... So, yeah, they told Todd, like, no, man, you're getting one movie. Now, after this, after the one billion mark, he could write his check. One quick thing, be- to try to get this made, he ended up making a deal where he, like, got a portion of the sales instead of just them paying him outright. Yeah. Because he did that, he made $100 million off this movie. Wow. The director did. That's tight. Damn. Yeah, well, what's, what DC has going on is with some of these directors, I, forgive me, I don't know the names, but with the Joker director and the Wonder Woman director, those two need to just fucking kick their feet up on a table and say, I want all the money in this is what I'm doing. Give it to them. Because yeah. the first DC movie that everybody loved, I know I didn't care for the villain too much at the end of the Wonder Woman, but that was the first movie in a long time that I super liked from DC. Yeah, yeah. So good. now we got the Joker. Uh, with number two, though, I know some people are whatever controversial about it but the little snippets that we see in the joker movie when he was like finally becoming joker you're like i want more of that and then they cut you off yeah. like tease you a little bit it's but now perfect. with his number two one we're probably going to see some of that and it's yeah. just going to be hopefully keeps you know keeps me as uh, entertaining enough to do the first one so what do you think if they elaborate and they get into it if they stick i mean of course it's going to stick with joker and follow mm-hmm. his his life what can they do what kind of story can they follow is it going to yeah. turn into him being batman's villain or is it just going to not even touch the batman feel i, I don't touch it i wouldn't with... touch batman yeah i think still too early but have him start turning into where like people are following him now yeah i want to see a little bit of that so yeah. have people followed him in the joker movie or is that all in his head because from what i see it seems like all any time that people yeah. are following him it's his delusions but at the end of the first joker they had that whole crowd cheering for him was that yeah. a delusion he got hip. He was staring out the window, zoning out in the cop car. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, on his way to the Arkham mm-hmm. Asylum or wherever, all of a sudden his delusion was interrupted by the car getting hit. Yeah. And then he yeah. gets pulled out. And I don't want to go. I wonder people. if that's thinking too deep though, because they showed us his delusion parts. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't want to go too deep on this because me and John recorded about an hour and a half of oh, just talking jokes. Yeah. So good. yeah. But uh, yeah, so it, there is a lot to go on that and I do want to discuss it, but that we could end up creating another hour and a half yeah, po- yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, reviewing true, it again. True. Uh but yeah, so the sequel's coming out. There is still so much more conversation you could have on this. Really excited about that. That's a good idea though. Yeah, there's you it's an unreliable narrator. You could really Yeah, yeah there's like a lot of just like what's the word night conspiracy just theories there's just a lot yeah, of just yeah, theories yeah. Yeah. I was like fuck I didn't pick that yeah. I was like, yeah. I, no, <laughs> I was just gonna okay. go more into I, it dude I know we can't thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod we're also on Facebook Instagram you can email us we have our Patreon and a store All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.